Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and again, thank you so much for being here with us and being the proactive parent that you are to get the resources that you need to help your child live the most productive, fulfilling, and independent life possible. And that's what this is really about, because I know even right now during COVID-19, there are a lot of people who have become unintentional homeschoolers. And uh, they, they even say there was something in the paper this morning about the U.S. alone has risen from homeschooling at uh, an average about 3% to 10% immediately because people are needing more resources. They're not getting what they're, they're seeing that they're not going to get the the right uh, amount of education for their child online and they have those concerns. And if you have a child with autism and you're home and you maybe don't have their aid and you don't have their therapies and you don't have support that you need right now, I know that can be even harder And one of our children's biggest issues is a lack of ability to focus and concentrate. And they have a lot of things going on, maybe a lot of health issues, that it can be really challenging. So I have created a free webinar that I'm going to give very soon. I'm going to give you the link um, from the radio show uh, notes here, but it's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash eat, E-A-T. I just want to make it simple for you. It's the very beginning stage to transition your child into eating the healthier foods because most of our kids are picky eaters because they're literally addicted to the sugars in um, in any sugary foods and, of course, even in fruit. And processed carbohydrates also turn to sugar in the body. And then gluten and casein, which are the proteins in wheat and dairy, they have so many bad bad things about them. I mean, the glyphosate that is sprayed on them, which is a Roundup weed chemical, and we're eating that. It destroys the gut bacteria. This is all about, uh, and I'll get into in today's episode, about the, the studies that are out showing how much the gut controls the brain and that the microbes in the gut will make such a big difference in your child's ability for their brain to function properly. And so with that, I know how hard it can be to transition your child again to eating the healthier foods and getting them away from the bad foods because things like we've covered this in in our past episode on leaky gut and I'll link to it in today's show notes as well. But the gut is actually damaged and has holes in it. And so undigested food particles are getting into the gut or into the bloodstream. And then it also causes a lot of autoimmune reactions. It causes a lot of inflammation and toxicity, which directly affects the brain's ability to function again. And so with this, the candida and the yeast and things in the, in the gut, they're craving and eat and thrive off of those sugars will make your child crave those sugars so when you're trying to get them off of those foods it can be really challenging and then I mentioned casein and uh, and gluten gluten which are the proteins in wheat and dairy and they also contain besides the glyphosate chemical they also contain opiates just like an opiate drug so your child will literally become addicted to those foods as well and dairy has a lot of natural sugars in it so to transition again your child away from all of these really bad foods it, it takes a, a, a slow transitioning process it's not something to do to be done really overnight your child will will have severe withdrawal symptoms and I want to be able to help you with that so again please join me for this free webinar 
The link is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash eat. And, um, and the, you know, the registration will give you all the details about when and where and all that is coming up really soon. So I don't want you to miss it, but I want to make sure that you did know about it because I think it's really, really going to be helpful for you. And again, helping your, you to get your child on the right track so that they're focusing better, they're sleeping better, their immune system is better and they're healthier. And today, the topic is on what causes autism and what you can do about it. And so that's why I wanted to start the show with that piece to give you something right away to show you something you can do about it. And I'm going to explain in a little bit more detail here today why these things are going on for your child. Because I know, again, it's, you know, autism is called a spectrum disorder. As we know, no two people with autism have the same exact symptoms. It's a really long spectrum, and one end can be those that are very high-functioning, and I'll describe that here too, and then others that are very low-functioning. So the meaning behind the word functioning depends on their ability to navigate through life, and what we want to do is create the most independent, fulfilling life possible for a child so they can live a productive life. And some of the symptoms, you know, that they have really just make life a lot more challenging. So for one example, a very high functioning individual was once referred to as having Asperger's syndrome. And the term was first described in 1944 by Austrian uh, physician and pediatrician Hans Asperger. So in 2013, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, decided that they would remove the term Asperger's altogether. So it's become a little vague on where you lie on the autism spectrum and that basically is just known mostly by parents about their their how their child is able to to navigate through a day or through their life and so these the, the Asperger's um uh, what do we call it? The Asperger's uh, syndrome um, diagnostic term was removed, and now everybody's been placed under the umbrella of autism spectrum disorders. So it's much lesser defining. In much broader terms, individuals who are higher functioning may be able to do things like go to school talk to others, maybe they have lesser sensory processing disorder issues, they can sit in a classroom longer, or they their filter might be a little bit better because children with autism have a, a problem with filtering out extra noise and light and, and, and uh, stimulation around them so they can become very anxious. Classrooms can just be, you know, just a hotbed of problems for them. And, uh, and, and even just going out in public, you'll, you'll often see some kids will need to wear uh, noise canceling headphones just to walk down the street, or just to go out in public anywhere, because it's it all just becomes too much for them. And so these are, these are basically, again, terms on where they fall on lower or higher functioning, but it can be still much more complicated for someone with on the autism spectrum disorder, with an autism spectrum disorder, than somebody who's termed, and we use the term, neurotypical. And neurotypical is, again, a term that is for somebody who is basically... Uh, 
typically, I, I never like to use the word normal because I, 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 I appreciate the differences that people with autism have. And um, just because they have trouble with communication or uh, focus and ability or they can't be able to stay calm easily doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. But nobody is comfortable going through life with things that are this disturbing. So what we want to do is be able to help reduce their symptoms. And for some, we're able to actually even eliminate the symptoms. And if that's the first time that you've heard this today, um, I'll share with you that I used to, I didn't at one point about 15 years ago, I really didn't know that much about autism or that it could be recovered from until my own son was diagnosed with autism. So we're going to take a short break right here. And when we come back, we'll dive deeper into that. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas. And uh, today we're talking about what causes autism and what you can do about it. Before the break, I was talking, I began to speak a little bit about how about 15 years ago, I really didn't know that much about autism until my own son was diagnosed with it. And I was told that we should drug him and try behavioral therapies and that there was really nothing that we could do for him. But I really didn't want to listen to that. For one, I didn't want to use dangerous drugs that have negative side effects. And more so, I have a background in holistic health and craniosacral therapy where I studied the brain. And I thought, well, I know that the body can heal if it's given the right resources and, and you know, you're not putting more bad of whatever's causing the problems in and, and giving it more of what it needs so that it can take over and heal itself. But I, I had to research autism and uh, it took me about 14 years. It's been 14 years now, over 14 years. But today, my son, who I was told could not recover from his debilitating symptoms of autism to now he lives a neurotypical life. He is no longer even diagnosable. And so what I'm here to do is share with you the possibilities for for your child because some children can get a little bit better, which is fabulous. Maybe they can sleep through the night. Maybe they're able to focus better in a classroom. I have moms I've worked with who tell me my son could not you know, their, their child could not focus or sit in a classroom for more than five to 10 minutes. Then through the work we did together, then it was two hours. Now it's up to five or six hours. They can tolerate being in a classroom. That is huge for a person. It's huge for mom. And especially again, right now, if you're homeschooling that child and you need and want them to, and they want to be able to learn, but they're having trouble, it can really be stressful for both of you. And so this is why I want you to know that uh, that all of these issues can be lessened and reduced greatly. And for some, they can even be removed uh, completely. So it depends on your child and and, you know, what's going on in their biology, because, again, no two children are exactly alike. Um, and these higher functioning or once were termed Asperger's, people are usually unable to understand social cues and struggle with communication, but they but they're maybe capable of dressing themselves or even using the bathroom on their own. Lower functioning uh, people, um, they might not be completely nonverbal. They may not be able to to uh, have any social cues or be able to communicate properly, even nonverbally. Uh, they might 
get very aggressive and and um, have a lot of anxiety and irritability issues. And that again can range for anybody on the spectrum. And so uh, what we want to do is also create as much independence as possible. Another mom that I've worked with was sharing recently that her child at age five was not able to brush his teeth or get dressed on his own at all. And uh, about 10 months of us working together and he then was able to now do these things all on his own. And today he is, now she says chatty, he speaks and she's, these are her words, endlessly, where once before he could not speak more than two word sentences at a time. And so this is, again, something to give you encouragement and to understand if you know what to do. And I know a lot of people do fall short of, uh, of understanding how to work with autism recovery. And I'll, I'll move forward into that a little bit more here today because I do want to help you. And again, this webinar is available. And that's very, very, the very beginning of the stages. But a lot of people will fall short with diet alone. They'll say, I've had my child on even a gluten-free, casein-free diet for years or even an organic diet for years, which is very important because we do want to remove those pesticides, especially something like glyphosate and anything else in the foods that our kids are eating because those foods become more more of a toxic burden in their already overloaded toxic body. They have a, a, just a complete lack of their, their detoxification pathways, have a lack of ability to function properly, so they can't flush out the toxins when um, when they're exposed to them. And they might have had toxic insult, they might have been exposed to something in utero. Then when they were born, they might have been exposed to, to even more things. You know, we've got vaccinations, water resources, air pollution. Uh, there are so many things, heavy metal toxins in our environment that completely invade the brain. One mom just yesterday was saying that her child was calm and, and doing pretty well until he's now 12 and he's going into puberty. And you'll notice two heightened uh, problems during puberty usually because, especially with males, because testosterone increases in the male body for a puberty. And when that happens, the any mercury or toxic toxicity in the body, but especially the heavy metal toxin mercury, is it's like a... Oh, no, I always say like a bomb going off in the body. It's like it it exacerbates the testosterone, exacerbates the 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 harmful neurotoxic uh, inflammability, uh, inflammable pieces of of mercury. I mean, it just makes mercury the dangers of it in your body get that much worse. That's why you'll see heightened aggressive issues and all of these things too. So there's a lot of things that can go on there. Um, but again, it can be worked with naturally, and these things can have, be helped calm down so that, that your child can can be calm, and you can, you know, not have to worry that your child is an angry or aggressive person, uh, or that they will be forever because maybe they are right now. There was a time when my son was very young that he was uh, aggressive and had a lot of irritability issues, and they would just come out of nowhere sometimes. But today, now that his system and his biology have recovered covered from all of the toxins, inflammation. I've worked with him. He he now has he's just so calm and easygoing. He doesn't have any of those issues that he once had at all. And I want to again continue to share these things with you because I want to give you 
the encouragement and the hope for your own child and also know it really is never too late. Um, people can be worked with at any age and at any level of severity uh, on their on, on for wherever they are on the spectrum. And so it's just a matter of doing the, doing all of the pieces, not getting stopped short of diet alone. Again, a lot of people will say they've been on the right gluten-free, casein-free, and maybe an organic diet, but they're still, you know, maybe they've made some progress, but they still feel like there's a lot more they can do. And there is. Diet is basically just down to square one, but it is the most important piece because if you don't create some stability in the gut, the gut controls the brain and 80% of the immune system. And it also, you want to start getting those detoxification pathways moving properly. Support it with binders like uh, chlorella and activated charcoal and, um, and some other zeolites that I use. Certain things that are really, really helpful to bind up and help the body to, to, to get rid of some of those toxins. And you want to do these things naturally because there are a lot of drugs that are used on the regular market or supplements that are just downright bad and they'll cause a lot of negative side effects too so uh, very important um, to do things naturally and one step at a time very slowly and don't uh, I, I did the last episode I believe it was uh, 89 or 90 out before this one was on the 10 things I think every parent of a child with autism should know. And one of those pieces is the kitchen, beware of the kitchen sink syndrome because I see so many parents are so eager that you'll start to throw in as many new supplements thinking, oh, let's try this, let's try this. And your child system can get overloaded. So that can be dangerous and can cause them to, to actually get worse and not get better. So important to know uh, about that too, one thing at a time and slowly. We're going to take a very short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it hi there welcome back to naturally recovering autism i am your host karen thomas and today we are talking about the causes of autism and what you can do about it because i want you to know as a parent there that there are things that you can do about it and your child can get better. Even if I always use the term child and some people write me and say, Karen, you said child, but my, my child is 22 or 42. And I'll say, that's okay. I use that term sort of loosely. I mean, our children are our children, even if they're 50 years old, right? But, uh, but I use that term because most of the people that, uh, that I, I talk with and work with, they have, you know, 
children that are younger, but not everybody. I mean, I know there are people, there are even people now working on themselves that have their higher functioning. And I, I just think that is just so commendable because they are realizing that they, they can improve their life, their lifestyle, their health, their, um, their emotions, their emotional well-being, uh, because depression and anxiety are two of the biggest problems for children for adults with autism and there a lot of those things too again come back from the gut the neurotransmitters and I'll, I'll link to the the in the show notes to the neurotransmitter episode that i did as well but the neurotransmitters are brain messengers that like serotonin and dopamine and they are made in the gut and a lot of those 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 the communication between the gut and the brain is the is one of the ways where our brain knows to when it's time to calm down or when it's time to sleep or to regulate emotions so that they don't get too heightened uh, a calming including not so you don't end up with anxiety and overload issues All, a lot of these things are made in the gut and dopamine is our feel-good chemical but it also has a lot to do with focus and concentration again back to the gut right so of, of course you've got to get the toxins and the inflammation out of the brain but again first starting with the gut and so um just a little stepping back for just a moment too because the lower functioning people one of the things too is isolation for a low functioning or high functioning really anyone on the autism spectrum has they can have issues of feeling very isolated sometimes it's so challenging to just go to school or be in a group environment or talk to people that even though they want to and they're very very lonely that they will avoid people because it's just it's just too challenging and too hard to to deal with and too uncomfortable for them and so we want our children and adult children and and we want uh, people with autism all to feel welcome in our society. We want also to educate society. There are a lot of people who just don't know that somebody is on the spectrum. And this actually can be a real problem for somebody who's very high functioning. They have social awkwardness. They seem aloof. They seem unfriendly. Um, they seem just irritable or whatever to other people. And so other people think they're loners. Maybe they just don't want to be, you know, hang out with them. And it's can be the opposite. It's just that that person, you know, has these neuro these neurological issues going on that make it very difficult for them. Very challenging. Um, even eye contact can be hard. And so the higher functioning people can go through life they can go through school and talk to people and they can also end up feeling like they're just you know pretending to be there is a book actually called pretending to be normal written by a woman with who has as high functioning she had asperger's and she just pretended like everything was fine but every every day at school everything when she got to college was totally overwhelming for her and that's how it is for a lot of our kids and if they're high functioning people don't recognize that something may be actually going on for this person at a deeper level. Uh, you see this even with people with depression. They can hide it with a smile. Other people just don't realize that they're having problems. And so lower functioning people actually can at times, depending on how low functioning they are, but lower functioning, when it's really detectable that something's different, people at least know. And so they sometimes just have, hopefully, some more innate understanding of this. Um, 
I'm also hoping to do a show uh, in the near future with um, a couple of people who work for the police department who are um, people who are advocates of teaching people how to work with people with autism or when you pull somebody over. Again, where higher functioning kids uh, or adults can have a problem because they might seem to the police officer or, or a first responder like they're being defiant in some way. And they're not. It's just that they're 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 so scared and their anxiety it goes off the charts and uh, they might yell back or they might be defiant because they they just need to be left alone and that makes those first responders get on on their alert right because they're used to dealing with a lot of people who you know maybe are you know, on drugs or having, uh, you know, psychotic issues or something else where they don't have the understanding. So it's really important, um, that our society become more educated, that people are neurodiverse and to picking up certain signs to just know that that person might just need a little bit more space or that they might need somebody to be friendly to them. But, but that, they want to be friends, but they don't know how and understanding that too. So, you know, there's a lot of social awkwardness. Um, and then again, they have some actual disabilities and then it makes it more, more challenging for them. Uh, autism can make it difficult to understand other people's actions and intentions as well. Uh, so they don't know how to reciprocate in more common social fashion. And they often will an- internalize their anxiety or their lack of ability to focus. And others might see them as lazy or defiant or unsocial. And then again, they're seen as loners, but they're often many times literally desperate to be uh, to make friends and have social interaction. Um, people with lower functioning, you know, have these, as, as I mentioned, more of these challenges. I want to talk a little bit now about these health issues that are contributing to symptoms of autism, because I wanted to run through what is autism, lower functioning, higher functioning, the level of the spectrum, because it's so diverse. I mean, as we know, it is, there's, you know, one child or adult could have multiple symptoms, like, you know, 10 symptoms of of autism and, and another might have five of those, but five of something else and not have some of the others. It's just confusing in that way. So everybody's different and we need to appreciate that. But I have found in my 14 years of research that some do have Uh, Pretty much all people with autism have certain health issues in common, and I want to run through those for you so that you have a greater understanding of some of these causes and what you can do about it. We're going to take a very short break right here. Stay with us. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about the causes of autism. We've looked at the the spectrum and, and low-functioning to high-functioning, and also I'd like to go into more about what you can do about it, because now that you know, you're more clear on what autism is, and my son also, uh, I also think it's important to share this often, and I forget to a lot of the time, but uh we took him to multiple therapists. We started taking him to therapists when he was five years old because we knew something was up, but we didn't know what he would, you know, was getting in trouble in school and preschool. The teacher would even talk to me about, you know, his behaviors. 
And so what I'd find, too, is that he'd kind of do okay at school, but then at home he would just have meltdowns. And it's because they're really trying to hold it together as best they can with all of their anxiety and sensory overload and all of the things that are disturbing them at school. They try, like, they somehow know to try to maintain some of that, their behaviors, and then they just need to let it out at home, which is home is their safety zone. So that's why they do it at home. So aren't we special <laughs> that we get to have them trust us so much that they'll let us that, let it out at home, but just knowing that that's what's going on for your child too. But we took him to multiple therapists uh, and that they told us that, uh, basically, you know, it was our fault that we we were bad parents and that uh, we needed to be better with discipline. And if we were firmer with discipline, he wouldn't behave the way he does. So please understand that uh, those people who are telling you those things, if they don't have a child with autism of their own, they don't know. They also don't know what your life is like at home seven days a week. They don't know your child like you do, that uh, you are your child's advocate. And that is very important that you, you know, be willing to step up and you know that, you know, a lot of the work ends up being up to you, but that's okay. Um, it's very important because it took five years for my son to be finally diagnosed because I finally found somebody who said, I think he has Asperger's and I think he's on the autism spectrum. And they said, you'll need to go do research on your own. I really don't know that much about it. And I was grateful. This was, was a therapist uh, and he was a regular therapist, but he was good. And the others just didn't even hardly try. They just wanted to put blame because I think they didn't know what else to do, honestly. And you see that a lot with diagnoses of different things of like, they'll just throw something out there because they don't know what else to do. And so what, what I found was we... I called up somebody I knew who had a child with autism and I said, who do you go to to find out about this if this is what your child has? And she told me the name of an, a local expert and that's what you really want to make sure that you go to an expert in autism um, disorders for for those things like the diagnosis because it can be missed, especially if they're higher functioning, can be missed uh, a lot of the time and you want to make sure that people understand your child. Same with any type of a practitioner or a therapist, even if it's occupational therapy or speech therapy or anything like that. You really need to make sure that these people know autism because it's very different than you than another child who might have whatever their specialty of disorders is. Um, but you want to make sure they know how to work with autism. Again, it's very important. So the health issues that contribute to the symptoms of autism. There's a great study, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes, we'll, which will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 91. Um, there's a great study in the Journal of Neuroscience called Gut Microbes and the Brain, Paradigm Shift in Neuroscience. They found that alterations in the gut microbiome may play a pathophysiological role in human brain diseases, including autism spectrum disorders, anxiety, depression, and chronic pain. They're showing how exactly what I'm telling you today, how the gut directly affects the ability of the brain to function and that the bacteria in the gut, and this is what, what will, what is referred to as the microbiome, the bacteria in the gut will literally communicate with the brain and with the neurotransmitters, these brain messengers and creating them. 
And the gut, again, as I mentioned earlier, also makes up 80% of the immune system. So if your child's gut is weak, they can end up having a lot of, of, of health issues, a lot of illnesses. So the gut controls the brain and the immune system. Um, and again, what I have found in my personal 14 years of autism research, recovering my son from his symptoms after being told it could not be done, and working with hundreds of parents of children with autism, I have found that all people with autism have many biological health-related issues in common. These issues include, and are not limited to, but definitely include poor immunity, a predisposition to viral and bacterial illnesses and infections, toxic overload, a weak and leaky gut, and I'll link to that as well so you can get more specifics on it, a lot of digestive issues, again, going back to the bad, uh, the gut microbiome being out of balance. They often have malnutrition due to poor absorption of nutrients. They may even be eating foods, but they're not absorbing uh, the right nutrition from them because the gut is uh, is is out of balance. They have poor detoxification pathways, so their body backs up with more and more toxins all the time. It can't clear them out. They have a higher sensitivity to environmental toxins due to this as well because they they like us are exposed every day to different things, but their body cannot dispel the toxins. This is another big one with the co-infections of autism. Lyme disease is very prevalent in children with autism and very often missed. The mold biotoxins, which mean that it's a, actually a genetic defect that 29% of the entire world population has that means that if you're uh, if you're exposed to mold in, in, in a water damaged building of some kind and you might not even see it it might look like a building that is clean and mold free that uh, if you are exposed to mold that your body cannot dispel the toxins from it so it purposely creates this this cascade of inflammation to fight those off autoimmune markers go out and what you can end up with, and it also really deteriorates the gut, just like Lyme does. So again, these are a couple of the issues that if they're not worked with, because parents don't know about them or how to work with them, if they're not worked with properly, that this is why one, a big reason why you might see your child, you've been on a, if, if you've been able to get them on a good diet, and if you know what a good diet is, and um, and all organic, and you know you're working with them, but they're still not getting better. It it can, and their gut might not be healing. It could be because Lyme and mold are prevalent. These co-infections are huge, and um, there are a lot of autoimmune issues. Um, PANS, which is pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric syndrome, means that there the immune system. There's such an autoimmune issue. The immune system will start to attack the brain. Um, they commonly carry strep. Uh, infections that are causing a lot of gut and brain issues they have mycotoxins which are, cause a lot of their their bacterial issues causing a lot of respiratory issues and of course parasites a lot of parasitic infections due to the weak gut and poor functioning digestion so with knowing all of these things it's important that you're able to understand how much all of this directly is affecting their brain's ability to function, their toxic overload and inflammation are preventing them from getting better, even if you're doing a lot of hard work. And especially if you've had your child in therapies and you're noticing they're getting a little bit better from those, but you think, why aren't, you know, why aren't they able to do a little bit more sometimes? And, and 
my son used to say, mom, I want to, but I can't. And so I finally pulled him out of those therapies that he was struggling with. And once we healed up his biology, my son never needed to go back to those therapies. Now, I know this is not everybody's story, but that was the case for my son. And I have heard this from other parents I've worked with. Or if they do go back to the therapy later on, they're able to do them so much more successfully. So biology is number one. That's what I'm here to tell you. And I'm going to go into a little bit more of these pieces when we come back. We're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about some of the causes of autism, and now we're also getting into what you can do about it. And that's what I want you to feel really hopeful for it, understanding that there are things that you can do regardless of your child's age, regardless of their uh, where they fall on the spectrum, low functioning or high functioning, they can improve because these are health-related issues. Know that, that autism is a biological issue. It is not a mental illness. What we want to do is create an, envir- an internal environment that is healthy for the body and the brain so that it's not fighting against all of those toxins and then and the inflammation and then it can function properly and so this is why autism can be recovered from and i always say to to refer back to the definition of recovery is to regain health so we work with the causes of the health issues that are affecting the body then we can restore the health to the brain and inflammation and toxicity are so common people with autism and it disables the brain from being able to function properly and so again like my son which his symptoms are no longer present he just graduated college he is living a happy healthy and a productive life and that's what i want for your child a happy healthy fulfilling and productive life that's what everybody deserves And it's important to know that if you, again, restore their health, that these things can happen. Now, I talked a little bit already about the gut-brain connection. This is so important that I really want you to help help to help you understand that it's crucial, that it's, it's not just like, oh, it'll probably help a little bit. You really have to start healing the gut up. And again, it starts with diet. Uh, please, please, if you didn't, if you missed it earlier in the show, I, I, there will be a link on our show notes um, as well. But I'm um, giving a free webinar very soon, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash eat, E-A-T, to help transition your picky eater because I know they're addicted to those foods and it's so hard to transition them. I'm going to do an entire our webinar on this for you to help you um, to know the, the top tips and some I'm even going to link to some really great uh, natural supplements that can help you on this process as well um, as just some other tips for things to do so you've got to slowly transition them out of the bad foods and into the good ones Um, know that again these gut microbes have to be get into gotten into balance and that's one of the reasons why you've got to take out all those sugars including fruit at first and the processed carbohydrates that turn to sugar in the body because they're feeding those bad bacteria right and we don't want to feed the bad bacteria and help them thrive we want to basically starve them out and let the good bacteria start to take over because right now the bad bacteria has taken over it crowds out the good 
And that good microbiome part, that good bacteria, is important for the brain to be able to function properly. There's a, a direct communication um, from the, between the two. So very important. First stage, uh, in my, my years of re- autism research now and what I've, I've learned and what I share with others is the four stages that are so crucial to autism recovery. And they, I think, are best done in an order, in a sense, but mainly you're starting the foundation with healing the gut because you've got to get those detoxification pathways working. You've got to create some stability in their body because right now, if you just throw in a bunch of things to detoxify them and you don't support that detoxification, then uh, you'll see behaviors get extremely bad. And that's because their body's starting to dump toxins but it doesn't have any support to do to do anything with those toxins or help get rid of them. And so it, you'll see how it affects the brain. The behaviors will just erupt. They could also end up with a lot of uh, skin rashes and also physical irritations as well. So very important to know uh, you've got to support their system in this process. And even the diet changes alone will cause a lot of, of shifts in the, um, in the microbiome. And as that bad bacteria starts to die off, because now they're not getting the foods they need to thrive, you'll notice these behaviors increase. So support, getting the detoxification pathways moving and supported so that toxins can get out. And um, there are ways that are also stage two, natural and safe heavy metal detoxification. Stage three is clearing those co-infections. I talked about mold and Lyme and strep and parasites. And then once all of the inflammation, the toxins are out of the way, stage four is really more about brain support and repair. Because if you do, again, a lot of these therapies and things early on, your child might not be able to function as well and do all of them because they, their brain is just too toxic. But now that those things are out of the way, then this is where, you know, if you're going to spend your time and your money and having your child be there they, and show them they can get successes so that their self-esteem is, is built up and instead of, of broken down, I noticed it it was hard for my son and I weakened his self-esteem at one point when he wanted to do things, but he couldn't. And that brings us back to that homeschooling piece. You're trying and your child might be working really hard to try to, to focus and do things, but they can't. So that's, what's very, very important. And, um, to know that, that they may be wanting to. And so just to have that patience and these co-infections, again, these, some of these things that I mentioned earlier that they, they really are affecting the brain, they're affecting the gut and they are passed around the family. So it's really important to know that as you work with your child with autism, you want to do the same things with yourself because we, through our saliva, will pass on um, bad microbes uh, back and forth from a shared spoon or a shared beverage, things like that. So we have to be very careful about that so that, and that the, everybody who's living in the household should be getting worked on and uh, naturally as well. So uh, we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about the causes of autism and what you can do about it. And again, I mentioned how important the gut microbiome is and to the health of the immune system. It makes up about 80% of the immune system and also how important it is for its 
uh, its connection with the brain and the ability of the brain to function properly. A lot of those neurotransmitters, those brain messengers are made messengers are made in the gut, and we don't want to have pathogenic bad bacteria growing in the gut that helps continue to tear holes in the gut, known as leaky gut, and um, and prevents your child from absorbing the nutrition from the foods they're eating, and um, you know keeps their 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 autoimmune their immune system overactive and creating autoimmune issues and more allergies you probably have noticed that one too that's really common um and i've mentioned some of these uh the foods and I, i'd like to actually give you a link directly to a f- seven foods guide that i've created to help you know the top seven foods to eliminate from your child's diet and it explains more about why with each one, which I think is really helpful. So you can get that at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. And I will also link to that in today's show notes, which will be at, again, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 91. And um, as well, because this transitioning should be done slowly, um, you know, I would say don't rip the Band-Aid off. You kind of want to do the, the food transition slowly because your child is literally addicted to many of those sugars and bad foods. And as you remove them, you might have a hard time getting them to eat better food. So it's a transition, a slow transition. And um, this free webinar I will be doing very, very soon. Please, please register now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash eat. And it will be on my top tips to help you transition your picky eater into eating the the, the uh, healthier foods. And again, all of this is so you want to reduce these cravings that they're having for the sugars and reduce the bad bacteria in the gut and help the good bacteria build. And the reason of this is ultimately for all of the these these symptoms of autism. I mean, all of these things that, that are making, keeping your child sick, keeping them in with weak immunity, um, with poor detoxification, we want to help them to, to be able to, to sleep and have better speech. Um, parents who were told, I have one mom, she told me her son was, the, the, the doctor told them when he was, when her son was diagnosed with autism, that he was very severe with autism and he would never never speak today that child from her working with me in my program has is now speaking he's riding his bike for the first time without training wheels he's now nine he is able to um you know she even says now i i know he's he's going to be able to live a fulfilling adult life that he will be able to take care of himself. And I know that we all have a little bit of that concern of if something happens to me, what will happen to my child? So again, it's about making sure that you get the best for your child, the best they're the best speech they can have, the best ability to focus and concentrate. So maybe they could even hold a job. Uh, better sleep. Sleep is when we heal. So it's very important to get good sleep irritability and aggression you know so they can stay calm nobody wants to have to live with anxiety Um, vision respiratory issues hormonal balancing all of these things social connection it all comes back to biology so uh, again please please get to the show notes for all of the links i shared with you naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 91 
And please join me for the free webinar that I'll be doing uh, very soon as well. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for being here today. Have a great week and we will see you next time.